Today's episode is brought to you by Get Your Guide. Want to make your next trip unforgettable? There's an easy way to do that. Book a Get Your Guide travel experience. Whether you're into food, nature, culture, sports, immerse yourself in the things that you love on your next vacation. For example, you could check out the Sherlock Holmes tour in London. You could take a pasta making class in Rome, experience the San Diego whale and dolphin watching cruise, or go whitewater rafting in the Grand Canyon. They've got a night helicopter flight over Las Vegas, a New York City street art and graffiti tour. They've even got a Chicago river cruise and architecture tour. Uh, I have to stress that my family went on one of these uh, architecture boat tours of Chicago, and it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, So, I mean, this is the kind of thing that you want to turn to get your guide for. Whatever you're into, you'll find an experience you love. Discover and book your next unforgettable travel experience at GetYourGuide.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Today's episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor, featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Your dream setup, amazing prices, and free shipping await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, listener mail. My name is Robert Lamb. And my name is Joe McCormick. And it's Monday, the day of each week that we read back messages from the Stuff to Blow Your Mind mailbag. Uh, If you've never gotten in touch before, why not give it a shot? You can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Whatever kind of message you want to send is great. Uh, Of course, we always welcome feedback to recent episodes. If you have something interesting you'd like to add or a correction or a question, any kind of follow up on something we've talked about, send it on in. Uh, If you want to suggest a topic for us to do in the future, that's always welcome. Or if you just want to say hi, uh, let us know your thoughts about the show or uh, how you listen, where you listen from. Tell us about yourself. That's all fine, too. Uh, It is contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Let's see, Rob, if you don't mind, I'm going to kick things off with a response to our series on mud. Yes, please do. This is from Stefan, and Stefan says that uh, he is German, so he hopes his uh, German English uh, is acceptable. It's perfectly acceptable, Stefan. We always want to hear from anybody, uh, whatever state your English is in, you know, send it on in. We'll we'll do what we can with it. So we we appreciate this. 
Uh, this is uh, following up from a digression in one part of that series about the, the the famous scene in the movie Predator, the original Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger, where uh, he evades the heat vision of the of the uh, alien hunter by covering his body in mud. And we talked a little bit about whether that would actually work. It seems like if it did work, it would only work for a very short time, basically until the mud heats up to same temperature as the rest of your body. Stefan says, Hey, Robert and Joe, great podcast as always. Many thanks for your work. A short uh, remark to Mud, Arnold's, and Predators. This is a direct reference to the German legend Das Lied der Nibelungen. Siegfried, the hero of this legend, killed a wildly feared dragon with his sword, the Balmung. A bit of the dragon's blood spilled on his skin and he noticed that his skin became invulnerable due to this plaster. He jumped into uh, the puddle of dragon's blood, and in this way provided himself with an impenetrable armor, except one little spot on his back, right between his shoulder blades, which was accidentally covered by a leaf of a linden tree. Mm. The story goes that his wife, uh, Kriemhild, gave this information to his rival, Hagen von Tronje, uh, uh, Tronje, um, sorry, I'm doing my best also, <laughs> uh, who a little later took the opportunity to kill Siegfried by stabbing him with a spear right at the spot in his back, which was covered by the leaf and therefore still vulnerable. I think Mr. Antal, uh, the director of the first Predators movie, and a quick side note, I, I think uh, Stefan might have been confused here because Antal is the name uh, uh, of the director of the 2010 movie Predators, but the name of the director of the first movie from 1987 was John McTiernan. But whatever the case, uh, Stefan is saying uh, about the, the director of the first Predator movie, uh, Stefan says, must have been a big fan of the German legends. So replace Siegfried by Arnold and Dragon's Blood by Mud, and you don't have to go a long way to Arnold's and Mud Puddles. Winky face emoji. I uh, hope my German English was sufficient to get this remark across. Looking forward to your next podcast. Greetings from northern Germany, half between Hamburg and uh, Neumünster, if you are interested, Stefan. Oh, well, that's wonderful. I mean, obviously... Um connections between myth and legend and modern horror and sci-fi movies i mean that's that's our that's that's our cup of tea now this is a good question i haven't seen the original predator in in quite a while i don't recall how the mud invisibility armor is eventually compromised what happens does arnold fall into water and that washes it off i think that might be the case yeah yeah i'm trying to remember as well because he evades the predator successfully and then of course preps for the big showdown where he makes a an unrealistically powerful longbow yeah he, he builds a bow <laughs> just like stretching it with his arms yeah and then yeah. he covers himself with mud again and um you know looks you know really badass to go out for this fight but yeah i this is where you can really get um you can ask a lot of questions about uh, how long the mud would be effective if it were if it were effective at all i don't remember how he how that battle really plays out. I think there's some back and forth there because it's a pretty good fight. You know, it's the, it's, it's, the, it's, it's, uh, it's man against alien. It's, uh, it's Dutch bringing all of his clever tricks versus the, the tricks that the predator still has uh, up its sleeve, including a nuclear weapon. Well, <laughs> Literally up. <in> <laughs> 
Well, and it has a, a move in it that I always like in movies for some reason. I, I find a lot of the best human versus monster movies have this convention, which is the humans set a trap for the monster. Mm-hmm. I, that always works well. Like I like that in, uh, you know, going way back to uh, the thing from another world, 1950, is it 1950? Uh, the Howard Hawks movie, you know, where they set the electricity trap and they, you know, Dutch does it in Predator. He like builds a, a, a counterweight log trap to try to pin the Predator up against like a, a, a an overhanging branch that he hides a bunch of knives in. That doesn't exactly work out to plan, but he's still able to use the trap in a counterintuitive way to win mm-hmm. in the end. In fact, speaking of myth and legend, I would be interested in in tracing that uh, that sort of human versus monster trope all the way back. Like, what are what are the early versions of that, where the hero is not able to defeat the monster in a direct contest, but defeats it by setting a clever trap? Ooh, you know, this is something we could potentially explore in a future episode. Maybe this would be a good one for uh, uh, for Halloween season this year. Uh, mm. You know, we've touched on ghost traps before on the show before, but there there could be more there. You know. Uh, monster traps and, and myth and legend, uh, whereas ghost traps are often actual physical items and artifacts of superstition. Hmm. Write in about your favorite monster traps, whether that's uh, from, from an ancient myth or from a modern movie. All right. We uh, continue to hear from a lot of folks concerning our Dreamfall series. This one comes to us from Adam. Adam writes, hello, Robert and Joe and the rest. Um, by which he means JJ. Um, Long-time listener of the show here. I've always wanted to write in, but after listening to the last listener mail episode, I now have some things to share. It's time for some more Baku content. In the video game Neo, there are many types of guardian spirits. Uh, We had to look this up, by the way. This is a Japanese video game uh, that I believe is released on, like, the Playstations. Um, I'm not sure which format, you know. Uh, I, I'm not familiar with the, with the Playstation so much these days. Neither of us have played it, so we're unfamiliar. So Adam continues, These are animal familiars that grant divine protection and power to those they favor. In the sequel, Neo 2, one of these guardian spirits is a Baku. This particular Baku is called Yumihami. Its name literally means dream eater. Its dream eating abilities are not shown in game and it uses lightning powers instead. Hmm. I believe its dream eating nature is more symbolic. In the story, Yumihami is the guardian spirit of the game's main antagonist, Otakimaru. Otakimaru bestows Yumihami to a character whose ambitions are getting out of hand, causing him to turn into a villainous warlord. Thus, it could be said that the Baku devours the dreams and ambitions of others to fuel its own. In the game's expansions, you eventually acquire a Baku named as such. The game describes the Baku as devouring the desires of people. It appears to have been corrupted by Otakamaru's dream to destroy humanity, which, given his history of interfering with humanity to cause conflict, also lines up with the idea of devouring the dreams of others to fuel its own. Otakimaru eventually fuses with the Baku in an attempt to fulfill his dream, causing him to become a horrible monster, which has no physical Baku traits for his final battle. Now, it would be funny if the horrible monster did have Baku traits and it would, you know, it looked like a taper that you like a, a monster taper that you had to fight. 
I mean, it, I'm sure it could be done. People love taking cute things and twisting them into uh, a little bit to the left into something uh, a little more horrifying. But uh, anyway, I'm gonna have to do an image search on these later and see what these look like. Yeah. Um, Adam continues, that appears to be all the interesting things about the Baku in Neo 2 that I can think of. The Neo games have their own interesting takes on Japanese folklore and mythology, and the Baku's depiction is just one of them. Never anything really deep, but fun to talk about anyways. Thank you for hosting this show for many years and for all the interesting topics you've discussed. Hopefully I can write in another time with more ideas. Regards, Adam. So one thing this got me thinking about is the multiple meanings of the word dream in English. So in English, a dream is the, on one hand, the experience you have while you are asleep. It's like, you know, you go to the dream world, you have dreams. But the same word is used to mean desires, basically, the things you wish to accomplish with your life or you wish would happen to you. And I realized I don't know if that same double meaning occurs in other languages. So like in Japanese, does the same word mean the things that you see when you're asleep and the things that you desire in your life? I would assume based on the blurring here in the game where it, a, quote, dream eater is something that eats your ambitions, that means that it's the same way in Japanese. And I wonder if it's that way in many languages. Hmm. Yeah, that's a fascinating question. Yeah, when you get into the linguistics of, of things like this. Uh, well, uh, Adam, thanks for writing in. Uh, so many of these video games are off our, our radar, um, especially these days. So it's great to hear from folks who um, who are familiar with them because, yeah, there, there's so much amazing, amazing creativity that goes into these uh, the, these virtual worlds uh, that ha that have been and continue to be created for uh, for the video gaming market. BP added more than 70 billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. 
Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. All right, I'm going to uh, read a message in response to our episode, The Machine Speaks, which was about machines that were designed to synthesize uh, human speech from before the age of uh, electrical machines. So basically, uh, just like acoustical mechanical machines, almost kind of pipe organs <laughs> that were uh, that were designed to try to speak like a human and to some degree accomplished that feat. So this message is from Magnolia. Magnolia says, maybe it was the lack of sleep that got to me, but I listened to your recent episode, The Machine Speaks, during a late night laundry crusade, parentheses, broken dryer, and found the story of Faber, uh, that's Joseph Faber, the inventor of the, uh, the euphonia, uh, the, uh, and his euphonia absolutely heartbreaking. Often while listening to history, I find myself imagining myself as a time traveler, speaking to the subjects that I'm learning about. In this particular case, I saw myself approaching a depressed and disheveled fobber, my phone in one hand and the tiny blue case with my earbuds in the other. I imagined myself saying something along the lines of, this for your right ear and this for your left, as I shared the earbuds with him and then playing something explaining how his efforts eventually inspired the creation of the miracle I was now demonstrating. The problem comes in when I tried to imagine what I would play for him. The first scenario that I imagined was playing him the episode that I was just listening to, but I don't think hearing people's opinions of him would have been great for his mental health. Oh yeah, hearing all yeah, those descriptions of him as like uh, disheveled and obsessed and haunted. So I think we were, we, I mean, we we were sympathetic to him, but but yes, we were reading some some unkind things by others. Well, I think even some of the people who described him that way were sympathetic. They were just saying like, yeah, yeah, this guy's having a hard time. Yeah, they didn't hold anything back. Yeah. Uh, but Magnolia goes on. The next thing I imagined was some contemporaneous music, opera maybe, but I don't know enough about the music of his day to make a good choice. At this point, I've spent way too much time trying to imagine what to play for this person I'll never actually meet. So I throw the question to you guys. What would you play for a depressed and disheveled fobber to give him hope and show him what the future held? Magnolia. Ah, okay. So the idea that, uh, I guess not just music, but speech could be, uh, replicated in, uh, in a synthetic way and with infinite variety. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I guess the, the boring answer is to set him a talk into Siri or something, you know, just get him with like a digital voice assistant there. Uh, but I bet we could do better than that. I'm going to say I would play uh, some of those Peter Frampton songs that have the vocoder in them. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be a good choice. Does he feel like we do? <laughs> now he does because he's because he's hearing it himself. Ooh, well, how about the 1983 Neil Young album Trans? Wow. Well, that's kind of out of nowhere, but OK. Yeah, that does have vocoder. Yeah, I yeah, see. Yeah. Robot voice going on in there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess in general, I would, I would think, well, he's in a tough place. I want to probably play him some self-help content, like, you know, <laughs> some Eckhart Tolle or something. But if I, but if it was just music, I, you know, I'd probably fall back on Tangerine Dream, you know, play him a nice, uh, nice Tangerine Dream album. 
Maybe Rubicon. That's a good one. 1975. Mm. I'm cycling through the songs on that Neil Young album in my head. Maybe, maybe, maybe he should hear Computer Cowboy. <laughs> oh. I remember liking some of them. Uh, Transformer Man, mm. um, the, uh, the, the unit to sample and hold. There's actually a uh, th- there's a nice cover of Transformer Man, but an acoustic one on his Unplugged album from oh, the 90s. I don't think I've heard that. I'll have to go, go look that up. All right, we're going to go ahead and transition into some Weird House uh, listener mail here. This one comes to us from Pat. <laughs> Guys, you recently asked about Elvis movies. Was he in a Western? Was he in a movie in which he did not sing? Charo! And Charo, the title of this movie, has an exclamation point at the end of it. A non-singing Elvis Western. This movie was typical of 50s Westerns and not particularly special. I saw it on an afternoon television showing in the 60s and 70s local television station showed a movie every day at 4 o'clock. They would have presentations like Elvis Week or Road 2 Week, Crosby and and Hope Buddy Pictures. Thanks again, Pat. All right, so I had to look this up, and I actually ended up texting my aunt a little bit because oh. my aunt is a huge, lifelong Elvis fan. Like, that's the one of her big things. Uh-huh. So I reached out to her with a couple of questions about non-singing Elvis movies, and she told me that, yep, there's only one non-singing Elvis movie, and it is indeed 1969's Charo. Uh, by the way, it's also the only film in which Elvis wore a beard. Oh, look this up and he has a beard like in some shots and promotional stills. It looks more like stubble. Other times it looks like, yeah, he's kind of got the beginnings of a full beard there. I'm looking it up right now. Okay, he plays a character named Jess Wade. Oh, yeah, I see the beard. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a kind of a beard. Yeah, it's but it's significantly more beard than you usually see on Elvis. I also asked my aunt what her favorite singing Elvis movie was. And she couldn't pick just one. She said that there are many good ones, but that, quote, Jailhouse Rock is excellent. And then she included a chef's kiss emoji. Uh, And uh, she also highlighted King Creole and Blue Hawaii. King Creole uh, is notable. It has both Carolyn Jones and Vic Morrow in it, both of whom have come up on Weird House Cinema. And Blue Hawaii had Angela Lansbury in it. I don't think I've ever seen all of of an Elvis movie. No, no, neither. Neither have I. You know, and uh, and I guess the kicker is we could never actually cover an Elvis movie on Weird House, not a proper Elvis movie, because Elvis movies are pretty much the opposite of weird. Uh, he never popped up in anything with a like speculative element, no horror, no, no even real thrillers. Um, however, I have toyed with the idea of doing a series of like square movies by weird directors. I guess we call it Square House Cinema, looking at stuff like John Carpenter's 1979 Elvis movie starring Kurt Russell and Shelley Winters uh, or David Cronenberg's Fast Company from the same year, which is just a car movie. <laughs> I see in the notes you said that one has George Booza in it. Yep. Along with John Saxon and an actor, uh, the star is William Smith, who played Conan's father in Conan the Barbarian. Ah. This is probably a funnier idea than it would be an execution, though. So uh, probably just best to stick to things that are actually weird. Okay, one last Weird House message. This is from Tauntry. Tantri says, hello again to my fave podcasters. Loved the Black Hole episode. I'd never seen or even heard of the film and am delighted to have watched it now. However, 
I think you guys misread the ending. Maximilian, and this is the uh, the the devilish sort of uh, steely red Archon robot, the evil robot. Uh, Maximilian is, I think, supposed to be Doctor Kate's father. Hmm. hmm. I definitely didn't put that together. But uh, Tantri goes on. That's why Dr. Reinhardt said he's afraid of him. And then when he mentions Kate's eyes so specifically, it is foreshadowing to the end when Maximilian and Dr. Reinhardt are in the black hole hell and we see her father's eyes inside Maximilian's head when he's tormenting Dr. Reinhardt. The horror, the horror. <laughs> Also, regarding the black hole, the ride, I found this. And then Tantri includes a link to uh, something I couldn't click through to for some reason. But uh, anyway, uh, I found a, it seems to be about a ride that was never fully uh, implemented at Disneyland that would have been based around the movie, The Black Hole. I think it is something that, if I understand correctly, speculatively, this ride was previously what's it called adventures in inner space and then eventually it was turned into the star tours ride mm, yeah star tour is a fun ride oh yeah yeah that was like the star star wars ride they had before the modern era of the lucasfilm disney union mm -hmm, like it goes yeah. back to the 80s and they still have some version of it um uh, my son and i wrote it when we went down to the uh, the star wars land at disney world it is, what do you call this type of ride? It's where you're not actually like going anywhere in the ride. It's more kind of like showing you a, a three, 3D video and moving you back and forth in a barrel. Yeah, I forget the um, the industry terminology for this, but there, there's a great series on Disney Plus about like the story behind some of the key rides and they get into this one a bit. Yeah, simulated motion or something. Uh, but Tantri, coming back to your uh, idea about this being Maximilian's father, that's very interesting. And I think you may be onto something. I didn't catch that at all while watching. And when you see the eyes inside Maximilian and the kind of hell afterlife dream sequence at the end, I assumed that to be uh, Dr. Reinhardt's eyes and him being sort of having merged or fused with Maximilian and he's trapped inside. But I could totally see it being the other way around, too. Yeah, I, I like hearing a different read on this. Uh, um, it's certainly, it's, it's ambiguous enough that it invites different interpretations. And I think it would make sense of Dr. Reinhardt surprisingly saying he's afraid of Maximilian and then, like, asking Kate to protect him from, from Maximilian, which mm -hmm. doesn't really make any sense otherwise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it barely makes sense, even with this interpretation, but, <laughs> but I like a fresh interpretation. And, you know, it's, and it's also neat that that Tantri got to experience this for the first time. You know, we're bringing, uh, we're bringing these films out uh, for, for folks to uh, experience. Treasures from the temple for everyone to enjoy. Well, you know, our own murderous uh, killbot, uh, Carney, is telling us that time is up. Uh, no more listener mail for this episode, but we have more that we'll come back to in future episodes. The listener mail episodes publish Mondays in the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast feed. Core episodes of our podcast on Tuesdays and Thursdays. On Wednesdays, a short form artifact or monster fact episode. And on Fridays, indeed, we set aside most serious concerns to just talk about a weird film on Weird House Cinema. Protect us from Carney. <laughs> 
Uh, huge thanks to our excellent audio producer, JJ Posway. If you would like to get in touch with us with feedback on this episode or any other to suggest a topic for the future or just to say hello, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.